Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us this morning to the book of Exodus, chapter number 14. As you're, uh, as you're getting your place there, we'll, uh, we'll just say that, that that song, I Am Redeemed, the statement is in the present tense. <clears throat> and yet when you think about what redemption means, ultimately he, he gets the redemptive, what it, the, the part that he purchased when he comes back and gets us. Um, but I like, I like the concept that, that it's present tense, which means I'm redeemed right now. Even though he hasn't got me yet, does not change in any way the fact that I am right now redeemed. I'm, I'm presently redeemed. I don't, I'm not waiting to be redeemed. I am redeemed. He just hadn't taken me into his, his own presence. Exodus chapter number 14 we desire your prayers today. Appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, just grateful to God for what we've already felt. Exodus chapter number 14. I'm going to begin this morning at verse number 10. Verse number 10 and just read uh, three or four verses. Exodus chapter number 14, verse number 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried up unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Father, thank you for your word. I recognize that this challenge, God, is great today. But I pray that I hear you. That every heart that that is here today and submissive to your will, that the power of this truth, God, would, would transform us. Thank you for what you've done. But Lord, how I pray for what you want to do in us. We yield as best we know how. Make us what we need to be as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses didn't. God did that. 
he used Moses as his spokesman, but I can assure you Moses did none of the miracles. God did them. God led them out of Egypt. And even after he had got them out of Egypt, there was a problem that remained. Egypt was still in them. God got them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. The passage that I read to you, I find it disturbing that they wished that he had left them alone. Let them die in Egypt. We'd rather die in Egypt clear indication that even though they had been led out of Egypt, Egypt was still in them. I believe we have people like that today. I believe one of the challenges today is that God saved some. He's he's led them out of Egypt. Spiritually speaking, Egypt is a representation of the world. Whenever you see the word Egypt in the Bible, that's what it's referring to spiritually is the world, the carnal, fleshly world, the world in which the old man resided in and loved and lusted for in contrast to being set free from that I now live in the newness of life. I have been delivered from Egypt and into Canaan, the promised land. Now, that's that's the picture. It was happening physically to these people at this moment in time. But God was leading them out of one place, a place of bondage, a place of sin, into God's promised land that he had covenanted to Abraham and God led them out of Egypt. He did miraculous things and I want to quickly go through because it could get, it could get extensive here if we just tried to tell you everything that God did to deliver those people out of the bondage of the Egyptians But let's look at it quickly. Here's what God did by his mighty hand. Number one, he performed 10 different miracles, called them plagues, and all of these things happened to the Egyptians and did not happen to the children of Israel. Everything that God did to prove his power to prove that he was God and there was no other friend. Everything that he did ultimately proved itself as it occurred and happened to the Egyptians but not the children of Israel. Ultimately to end with the 10th plague as we know it being the passing over of the death angel when God had told Moses tell the people to get a lamb to kill the lamb to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost because the death angel is going to pass through this country and he said it will check every home and if the blood has not been applied He will take the firstborn of every house, man and beast. And he did. The angel of the Lord did. 
And all of that happened in every house that didn't have the blood applied to the doorpost. The angel of God went in and took the firstborn of that house. But everyone that did have it, the angel of the death passed over. And friend, it wasn't executed in that home. May I say to you today that God has delivered me from the death angel. He has set me free. He's coming, you see. But death has no power over the child of God. Amen. The grave has no victory nor death any sting for the people of God because we have been set free from the bondage of sin and death. Hallelujah. God has set me free from Egypt. But is there still some Egypt in me? And I believe God's working there. (laughs) And I can't speak for nobody else, but God's big hand, God's finger has a way of getting into my heart and identifying that though I am free from the bondage of Egypt, that there are parts of Egypt that still try to reside in me. Oh, how I need to be honest and and, and, and open before God that he might root from me those things that are undone, those things that are still wicked, and that God could bring us truly out of Egypt. I'm concerned it may take a lifetime. I'm concerned that if I lived to be a hundred years old, I will still be in the process of having Egypt removed from me. As long as we're in the flesh, we will deal with those things inherent in the flesh nature. We cannot we can't get truly past them. Now I do believe that we can get better. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe that we can be better. And I believe that God does expect that you and I are holy as he is holy. He is not reducing the standards just because that you and I dwell in a flesh nature. And yet what he has done is to imbibe within me the Holy Ghost of God that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have no excuse. I can't look in the mirror and blame it on my flesh. I want you to know I've got one greater in me than he that's in the world. I hope that just stripped away every excuse you had. Right? I hope you were as me, naked in the sight of God with no excuses for my sin. God had brought them out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Yet it was clear that Egypt was still in them. Egypt was still in them. The roots of that sin was still there. The nature of that sin had not been released. And there it's exposed as God led them out of the wilderness or led them out of Egypt into that wilderness. The Bible said in Exodus chapter number 12, the Bible said that God led them away from the land of the Philistines, though it was nearer because he knew that they couldn't take it, they would lose heart, having just come out of Egypt and then facing a battle, a war with the Philistines. So God led them around into the edge of the wilderness, and he knew what he was doing all the time. 
May I say today that God did it on purpose. God led them out of Egypt, but he led them into a wilderness. And there in that wilderness, they began to recognize that they were going to have to learn to follow God. No, he was going to have to do a lot of removing of Egypt from them. We find there the Bible said that God led them right up to the Red Sea and then he hardened old Pharaoh's heart and all of Pharaoh's army and every one of them with a anger and a hatred set in to, to kill all of those people and the Bible said God did that. You say, preacher, will God put me in circumstances where it is uncomfortable, where it seems like there's no way out? I want you to know that I believe that that's the only way to ever get Egypt out of you is to God to put you in places where you can't do anything but look upward, where you can't do anything but cry out and say, God, help me. When you lose all trust in this world and let God bring you to that place where he can start extracting Egypt from you. God did that. Led them to a sea they couldn't cross. Led them to a vast expanse of water that went as far as you could see in both directions and across. And they knew they could not cross it. And then God brings the enemy in behind them. Now, to everybody else, we would have to consider this particular circumstance hopeless, right? But the problem was, you see, is that Moses knew. Moses understood. Moses got it. But the rest of them had so much Egypt in them, they couldn't see God yet. They couldn't recognize the one that was leading them, even though... He did something of a miraculous nature for him on the very first day. The Bible said that by day there was a cloud, a pillar. It says a cloud, but it was a pillar of cloud. I believe it went from the earth as far as you could see into the heaven. And I believe that it stretched out to a certain width so that every child of Israel, every person, whether they were a million and a half in count strong, every, no matter where you were situated in the camp, you could look up there and you could see that emblem. You could see that cloud. You could see that protection. You could see that leadership. God wasn't driving them out of Egypt. He was leading them out of Egypt. And brother, he's still trying to get Egypt out of you and me. He's still trying to get us to where we need it. I'm saved, I'll tell you right now. I don't live in Egypt anymore, but bless God, I'm honest enough to say it lives in me. He led them to an impossible place, but oh, he had put the cloud there by day. And the Bible said at night, just as soon as the sun started going down, that old cloud got replaced by fire. And the fire, the Bible said, gave them light and it gave them warmth. You see, they could see it and they could feel it. I want you to know that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Brother, he's there in the day. He's there in the night. There ain't ever a time he's not leading me, protecting me, and helping me. Brother, he's always trying to get Egypt out of me. Now, they stood there 
A million and a half strong looking at the miracle of God every morning and every night. And yet, when they were faced with their greatest challenge, when they were faced with an approaching enemy from behind and an impossible crossing in front of them, they said, just send us back to Egypt. Oh, there's too much Egypt in us. You say, preacher, that ain't going on today. I beg your pardon. There's some people, if they got saved when they say they got saved, I ain't seen them since. Something wrong with that. Either they never really got out of Egypt to start with. That happens. They'd been a many a person made a claim that I've been set free of the bondage of Egypt. But you know what didn't occur in their life? They never followed Jesus. They never followed the cloud nor the fire. They never left that place. They stayed in that place. The Bible said, the apostle Paul said, as he spoke of too, he said, they were never of us. That's the reason they went back. The apostle Peter said it like this. It's a true proverb that a hog once washed will return to the wallowing in its mire. I'll tell you right now, first and foremost, you better be sure that you've ever got out of Egypt. Because if you didn't get out of Egypt, I guarantee you Egypt won't ever get out of you. But for those who have, the children of Israel were led by God to the Red Sea. And by God's hand, Pharaoh was hardened and came after them. That was God. You say, what in the world was he doing? God was exposing the Egypt that was in them. You say, what Egypt? Fear. Fear is the greatest Egypt anybody has ever had. Fear is the product of doubt. When we doubt, you see, the people of God didn't believe in God. They didn't believe in his provision, though they could see it every morning and every night, every morning even. They would have manna to remind them that God was their God and he was taking care of them. When they were thirsty, they needed something. It was God that helped them. You know what, you know what he was doing? Every time, you see, it was God taking them to that place. And they got to the Red Sea and they said to Moses, you should have left us there. Didn't we tell you? You brought us out here to die in the wilderness. Oh, they may have been out of Egypt. They may have crossed the borders. They may have been headed toward a promised land, but I can tell you this much. Egypt was still in them. Egypt was so much a part of them that they couldn't, not a million and a half up, not one of them could even believe that God could do what he was fixing to do. Moses finally had to say, do not be afraid. Your problem is that the fear is still in you. How many times the word of God say, do not be afraid. Be not afraid. Do not fear. How many times does the word of God encourage us not? You say, why does he always over and over when you read in the word of God, you come across that do not fear? Because brother, that's Egypt in you. 
That needs to come out of us as the people of God. We need boldness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to step out into this world and do something for the glory of God and fear is keeping us from it. Fear is the Egypt that still dwells in you and me. He brought them and exposed the Egypt. Right? Because when he put them at the Red Sea and they couldn't get across it, and when they turned around, Pharaoh was back there. Now, God never one time failed to provide or protect. Right? Because when they turned around, you know what was between them and Pharaoh? The Bible said that old cloud switched places. That's God taking care of us. Amen, when we ain't got sense enough to recognize there's so much Egypt in us, we don't even look like people of God. He's got a cloud behind me protecting me from the one wanting to kill me. He wants to, he wants to get Egypt out of me. He wants to get the stuff that ain't supposed to be in there out. You say, preacher, what is the Egypt in us? Number one, it's fear. Now, we know the story. In their great fear, the Bible said they were sore afraid. Egypt had been exposed. The fear had been exposed in them. And the Bible said that, that, that Moses told them, he said, don't be afraid. He said, just stand still. You don't have to do nothing. Amen. You don't have to work this out. You don't have to come up with a solution. This is not your fight. This is his fight. I want you to know there ain't nothing changed between God and me. Amen. It ain't his fight. It ain't my fight. It's his. I'm not the one getting to heaven. He's getting me there. I want you to know it's always been him and it'll always be him. And I need to turn loose of fear and let God get it out of me. Because I'll tell you right now, he's going to take me to the promised land. I believe some of us, he's dragging us, kicking and screaming, fighting every step of the way. He's brought you out of Egypt, but you ain't woke up to the fact Egypt's still in you. You need to be crucified to this flesh today. Let him identify and expose in your life the Egypts that still exist. Now, I think we could probably preach this one way longer than I got strength for because there's a bunch of Egypt. It's all around you. We could talk about the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and them three right there would take us another hour. But I just want to get two today. I just want to remind you today that as you walk out of here, yes, Without any doubt, do I believe that you've been brought out of bondage? You've been brought out of Egypt. I ask you this morning if you were absolutely sure you were saved and a bunch of you raised your hand. You know that you've passed from death unto life. Amen. You can't cross from Egypt into the Canaan land and not know a journey has been made. A change has taken place. My challenge today is how much of Egypt still abides in you. How many of us are walking every day compromising our testimonies because we will not live right. We will not walk right. We will not talk right. Preacher, you're talking about works. No, I'm talking about faith. If you've got faith, you'll live it. Fear. Fear. 
It abides in us all. And it is one of the things I believe that God is constantly putting me into positions to expose it. Happens to me all the time. I can't speak for you, but he puts me into situations all the time where fear is exposed and I have to deal with it. I have to acknowledge it, number one, and say that is just fear. That is just fear. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, any time, at any point, did God ever fail? Anybody? Has he ever failed you? Has he ever failed anybody you know? Can he fail? What do we fear? The Bible said if God be for us, who can be against us? I'll tell you right now, if I've got fear, that's Egypt in me. That ain't of God. That ain't of God. God, get the Egypt out of me. But you know what he's got to do, Josh, to get the Egypt out of him? He's got to expose it. Every time he has to expose it. You know why? Because we're not honest spiritually. We won't be honest spiritually long enough for God to pull those things to the forefront and let him crucify them while we as a living sacrifice lay ourselves on an altar and let God do the good work. I want you to know that he will put you in the position you need to be to expose your Egypt. And then he'll cut it off for you. He'll get rid of that Egypt for you. He'll help you. He'll help get that (coughs) Egypt out of you. Not just fear, but I believe that that fear is simply the byproduct of something even worse. Part part, Part of the Egypt that abides within our flesh is is doubt. It produces fear. Now, fear is certainly something to be dealt with. But what I want to suggest today is that you'll never really deal with fear until you first dealt with your doubt. Because the reason you're afraid is because you quit believing what he said. And we just all agreed that he don't lie, he don't fail. So there ain't no other solution. There's nothing else to be said except when fear is present in my life. It is a product of doubt every time and it exposes my absence of faith in God. That's what their problem was standing at the edge of the Red Seas. They didn't believe God. And Moses said, you fixing to shut your mouth. Right? That's six mile language. So what he said was, you fixing to hold your peace. Because God fixing to make some believers out of you. He said, this ain't your fight. He he led you out here. Does everybody know that if he leads you somewhere, he'll lead you out? Amen. Amen. Can everybody say he'll lead me out? Can everybody say with confidence he'll deliver me? He ain't never left me. He ain't never strayed from me. He is faithful to me. Amen. God has done what he said he would do. Problem is, you've got Egypt in you still. That old doubt will bring fear in your life every time. But let's look at some more places. I got to hurry. The Bible said that they crossed the Red Sea. Huh? When they got on there, I'll tell you right now, if I'd been one of them Joes walking on dry ground looking at walls of water, 
two, three hundred feet high on either side of me, I'd have probably been skipping, right? I might even been running, but when I got on the other side, I'd been shouting. Amen. Because I'll tell you one thing they couldn't deny, and that's that God just delivered them. Amen. You'd think, whoo, have mercy. Them people will never be the same. They didn't make it a week. Truth is, you don't make it a week. We'd be in one of the best services we ever had today, and by Wednesday, you'll be clawing out of the hole. Why? Because there's still Egypt in you. The Bible said they didn't go far. You know what they begin to murmur? Good night, we're starving out here. We're hungry. You know what they said? They said, Moses, you've led us out here to starve, ain't you? It'd been better if you'd have just left us in Egypt. Doubt. You know what God did to expose the doubt in their life? He brought them to hunger. You say, God would never bring me to hunger. I beg your pardon. If hunger's what it takes, hunger's what it'll be. And I'll tell you right now, God make you hungry. God can open up your eyes. He can bring you into a situation where doubt is exposed and God gets to deal with it. He dealt with it, didn't he? He said, tell them. He said, tomorrow evening, he said, they're going to be standing knee high and quail. And he said, the next morning when they get up, he said, like hoarfrost on the ground, he said, they're going to be bread from heaven. And you know what the Bible said? The Bible said that as long as the children of Israel were on that journey to Canaan, there was a fire by night and a cloud by day, and there was manna on the ground every single day. You know what he did for their doubt? You know what he did, Brenda, to try to get Egypt out of them? Was he made them hungry and said, now I'm going to provide for you. And I'm going to make a promise to you that every day I'm going to feed you. Huh? You know what we need to be worried about? It ain't the food of this world. Amen. It's the food that comes from heaven. What God has promised you and I today. God dealt with their Egypt and their doubt. It wasn't long. They found themselves in a place that didn't have any water. Well, then they wasn't hungry, but they was thirsty. Well, no problem. They just saw God bring them across a Red Sea. God, they've watched his cloud and his fire. They've seen the manna on the ground every day. These people got this face thing down pat. They ain't going to be worried about no water. Is that true? No, it's the next thing they started to whine about. You brought us out here to die of thirst. We're going to die. This is all your fault, Moses. And what did God do? Right? He exposed the Egypt that was in them so he could deal with the Egypt. How? Miraculously. I'll tell you right now, there's miracles that still occur in this present world. They happen in my life. When God leads me to a place that I said, there's no way out, God says, watch this. And the next thing you know, you're just floating along. Wow, that was awesome. 
Well, you'd think having been through so many of them, Lisa, right? I'd, I'd be like the, way up here on the faith level. But you know what he has to do to me? He had to drag me back to the valley again. You know why? Because he knows what's in there. There's Egypt still down in there, and he's going to get it out of me. He's going to get it out of me. Hunger, thirst, no food, no water. God told old Moses, he said, go out there. He said, take that staff I give you. And he said, you smite that rock. And I don't know about you, but I ain't never seen, I ain't never hit a rock and water come out of it. But old Moses hit that rock and the Bible said there was water come out of there. There was water in the wilderness. I want you to know there's still water in my wilderness. There ain't ever been a time I've been thirsty spiritually that Jesus wasn't my water. He was really what I needed, amen. The rock is all we've ever needed. He's always been the bread from heaven and the water that flows. He hit that rock and water came out and every animal they had and every person was watered. No food, no water. Then they got to the place they had no worship. Bible said Moses had gone up on the mountain. God called him up there. They watched him, right? He went from outside. They watched him. They knew where he was. They, they could hear the thunder and the lightning. God done told them, don't you get no closer than this, or he said, you'll die. You step one foot on this mountain, you're dead. So they stood there watching. He went from out of sight. A day or two went by, and they said, he gone. We ain't got nobody following now. Ain't got nothing to worship. You know what their problem was? They've been living in Egypt way too long. You know what they worshiped in Egypt? Any old thing. Any old thing will do in Egypt. You worship TV. You worship a four-wheeler. You worship a shotgun or a dog. You worship about anything living in Egypt. Huh? Amen. You worship anything if Egypt's still in you. God had to deal with that. Up there on the mountain, Moses doing the business of God. God gave him the tablets of stone. Here he comes, truck. God said, hey, I just need to warn you. He said, that bunch of people done turned. They done turned their back. I'm talking to every one of them, including Aaron. He said, they've made a golden calf, and they are worshiping it. They are making sacrifices to it, and they are saying, it has led us out of Egypt. You don't think Egypt was still in them? God had to deal with the doubt that was in their land and in their minds. Let me give you the last one. This could go on and on, right? I just want to give you one more. They got close to the border of Canaan. The Bible said Moses Moses told uh, he told him, he said, I want you to get man from every tribe. He said, send them into the land. He said, I want to spy it out. And they did. One man from every tribe went in. Forty days, they walked through the Canaan promised land. Was it as God said it would be? They came back and said so. They said, you wouldn't believe it. It truly is a land flowing with milk and honey. While we stopped at one tree and cut a cluster of grapes off that two men had tote. Never seen nothing like it. But there's giants in that land. They're stronger than we are. 
Their cities are fenced and walled high. We be not able to take it. You know how many people live defeated Christian lives because of that attitude? We can't take it. We can't do it. I done looked at it. Can't do that. Somebody got to beat Tim Jackson. It ain't me. God had to expose that Egypt. He had to deal with that Egypt. Ten of them said, we can't do it. We're not strong enough. We can't do it. But there was two of them said, wait a minute. Old Caleb stood up and he said, hold on a second. He said, I can do it because God said it. He said, don't be afraid. That's what he told them. Don't be afraid. God will give us that land that he promised. We can do it. Did they do it? No, they didn't do it. You know what? God was so upset. God was so upset that he began to deal with them. And he said, you know what? You've held on to Egypt in your life, so I've done delivered you. But you've held on to Egypt so long, guess what I'm going to let you do? You're going to wander in this wilderness that you wanted. You're going to wander for 40 years and know you won't experience the deliverance I've promised you. I'll tell you right now, we better get some Egypt out of us. The defeated Christian today is no more than the children of Israel who said, just send us back to Egypt, at least we had bread. That was a lie. That was a lie. At least we could sit by the meat pots. That was a lie. At least we had it okay. Down. That was a lie. They were bond servants and treated horrifically. Yet in their stubborn Egypt nature, they held on to the old man. And God just wandered them around in circles until all of those unbelievers died. Now, you know why ultimately they didn't get into the promised land? They were unbelievers. You know who went into the promised land? Believers. There were children born to all them men and women and another nation was raised up under them and as soon as the last one died out, God said to Joshua, take them in. Moses, you don't go. I'm going to show it to you, but you ain't going. He said, but the rest of these, he said, I'm going to walk them through Canaan and we're going to take every city just like I said. You know what I need? I need Egypt out of me. I don't, have any cons- I don't have any doubt about having been delivered from Egypt. I once was blind, but now I see. You, you can't change that. 
That, that's clear. I can see. But there's still Egypt in me. And God will put me in places in my life that will expose those fears, those doubts. Right? There's all kinds of other things we could have included as, as Egypt references. But we understand what they are. They're the old man. They're the old man that tries to rise up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where the old man tries to stand up and say, no, you can't do that. And yet we know in the word of God where the Bible said all things are possible if you believe. God has led many, most of you probably out of Egypt. I don't doubt that. But how much of Egypt still lives in you? How much of Egypt needs to be pulled, crucified, purged from your life? In theory, come get a song. In theory, here's how it should work. Let's just say that you're born again, saved as a child, young person. As you grow in the Lord, you get stronger. As you grow in the Lord, you get better. Egypt becomes less and less of your problem every day that you seek the Lord. That's how it's supposed to be. But there are some that every day they follow Egypt and not the Lord. They let the old man make decisions when he has no control. He should not be in control in your life. If the Holy Spirit of God is greater in you than he that's in the world, we, we have every, every ability to crucify this old man every single day. And so the apostle would say it this way. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you will present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Huh? He's talking about Egypt there. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind and washing and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Everything you need has been provided. We just got to let him get the Egypt out of our way as we stand. I don't know your heart today, but I'll tell you right now, some people need to get changed. There are some that need to be honest with God long enough for him to do the work and remove that part of Egypt from your own life. If you need him today, I'll give you an invitation. Come, be reconciled to God, just come.